Welcome back to the Future Self Podcast. We are now seven episodes in. I have interviewed two guests already. I am now interviewing, having a conversation with, asking questions with the third guest, but it is episode seven. I appreciate you tuning in. If you're watching on YouTube, if you're listening on Spotify, sit back, chill out, let's fucking get into it. So today's episode, I am chatting with Shani. So welcome. Hey, how's it going? (laughs) So we are going to be talking about a few things. Shani is a fucking incredible individual. She has an extensive history, many stories, many fucking experiences. We work one-to-one in a full coaching setting. We have been focusing on working on a few things. An amazing byproduct of all those changes is 11 kilos together, but how many total? 16. Fucking sick. Yeah. (laughs) So 16 kilos total, 11 together, but pretty much I would say that is the least focused or the least most incredible things that you have done. Shani is someone who I 100% would say inspires me. Um, She's a very genuine and kind human. She has seen a lot of hardship in her life, but hasn't let that send her down the pathway forever of destruction or sadness or negativity. Not to say that there haven't been periods of that in your life, but you're not holding on to it so much now and letting it trap you back. So I'm sure from what you read in the title of episode seven, we are going to be chatting about what it feels like to live not true to your real self how the transition and journey is towards becoming who you truly are and having the confidence within yourself and just diving into a few things around self-love, future self, showing up for you. So I think if we give a little bit of context, it might be best if we take it back to why did you start with me? Mm -hmm. But before you answer that, what made you want to start focusing on yourself just in general? Yeah. So as you mentioned, I've been through quite a lot. Uh, About five and a half years ago, I had a really bad uh, car accident. It completely shattered me. Uh, I, you know, I I spent five days in hospital afterwards. Uh, I, you know, everything kind of just fell apart from that moment. Every kind anything that I was just kind of left at that moment. So my biggest thing was I got taken to the emergency department after the car accident and I was laying down, had my, you know, neck in a brace. My spine was braced. Didn't know if I had any major, you know, significant injuries. Uh, and at that point I kind of just, everything hit me. I didn't know if I'd be able to walk again. I didn't know what my limitations would be. And at that moment, I just realized that everything can be taken away literally in a second. Uh, 
a few days after, I guess a pivotal moment for me was a few days after that, um, I had the police officer come in and chat to me, get a statement and everything like that. Uh, and the accident was at no fault of my own. Someone actually ran a red light and T-boned me in my driver's side. Uh, and the police officer actually told me that if I was half a second earlier, I most likely would have died on impact. And I think that whilst it was really overwhelming at the time to hear that and really, really hard for me to comprehend at that point in time, it really made me understand, I guess, life and wanting to be here and wanting, you know, to not take anything for granted. So for someone who grew up being an elite athlete and, you know, being able to do any sport that my parents let me do from a young age, knowing that that all could have been taken away from me kind of really reiterated the fact that I love to exercise. I love to train. I love to just live life. So for me in that moment, and I guess now that is my why, um, I know how easily everything can be taken away. And I know that, you know, people out there would kill to be able to lift weights, would kill to be able to run, would kill to be able to walk. Um, and so that's my why every morning I get up and I just feel really grateful that, I am able to go to the gym. I am able to exercise. And um, I guess for me, I kind of lost that over the last five years since the accident. So I went through ebbs and flows where I really enjoyed my training and then I kind of didn't really enjoy it and things like that. But I kept coming back to that. So it was more of a discipline approach. Um, and then I guess we started together and it still continues to be my why. Um, but I guess it's just amplified now, um, you know, with all that we do in training. It's, it's a sad thing, but a thing I think everyone's grateful for that some of the most beautiful people I know, some of the most intelligent and some of the most self-aware are the ones who have been through the, the worst of the worst. And it sucks that it takes something so shit to create so much goodness. Like it sucks that it creates you to almost lose your life for you to then step back and think, fuck, like, you know, literally all the things you listed, what to be grateful for. And that's nothing individual to you. Like that's the exact same as me. It's the exact same as so many people I know where it's a really big moment, normally in the negative bias. And that changes so much. Your why is, it's fucking amazing. And you have that alignment in your why to me so much, like so much of that grateful, what's meant to be, um, things happening for a reason. Like, I think that's why we do vibe and connect and get along so well. Why did you start the specific moment with me when you reached out, when we did a consult? What was the specific thought feeling what was the moment that made you go now nah, fuck I actually need to and want to explore this opportunity uh so last year I hit the big three zero, and I think from that moment everyone kind of thinks your life ends at 30 um a lot of my friends and you know I went through feeling like that up until I hit 30 and honestly I just wanted it to kind of you know revitalize that I wanted to do something for me uh, that was in October and I kind of actually reached out to a few people you had coached before and asked them their opinions on you and things like that. I was researching coaches in the area, online coaches, uh, and I think it got to December and I was like, yep, 
I'm going to do this. I literally said to my friend on, uh, I think it was January 1st. I was like, yeah, I just need a sign and I'm going to reach out to Guy. I was like, I've decided <laughs> next thing you know, <laughs> I said, I didn't go out partying on New Year's Eve. So New Year's Day, we've gone for a walk, went to grab a coffee at um, North Beach kiosk. And I see you there in front of me in the line. And I was like, if this isn't a bloody sign, I don't know what <laughs> is. And I'm very big on, you know, what's meant to be will always like show, show up and will, sh- and will be aligned for you. So I didn't say anything to you. I kind of just looked from afar and I was like, shit, my friend was like, I think you have to reach out now. Like you've literally just started in conversation and you've now just seen him. Uh, so I went home, I went to the gym and while I was at the gym in between sets, I emailed you, um, and was like, I really want to do a consult. And I'm pretty sure I told you my whole life story. I was the biggest email I think I've ever sent and you've probably (laughs) ever received. Um, I put it all out on the table and I didn't expect to hear from you, you know, being new year's day and, and whatnot. Uh, and you kind of replied within a few hours, which was a bit shocking to me. I was actually going on holidays. And so we finally booked in the consult when I got back from holidays. Uh, and I guess like the rest is history. One thing I love so much is jumping onto an opportunity, but not rushing into it. Like I love that we chatted about doing a consult and it wasn't booked the next day because you had a holiday because it allowed that thought process and that confirmation within you to really simmer for you to then make the decision, no, it's for me. Because a lot of the time people jump on motivation of, they might look in the mirror and it's like, oh fuck, I don't like how I look, I'm going to reach out to a coach and then the coach reaches back and then they don't really follow through. And that's why even after the first half of the consult sitting in with you, I fucking knew it was going to be something we were going to do. Like always, I never tell anyone to sign up. You can't sign up on the day. But you fucking replied back literally an hour or two after saying, hey, sorry, I know I'm ahead. I'm going to go through with it. But it just showed the level of want that you had and not even necessarily the want to work with me, but just the want for change because your work ethic is unmatched. I don't think we've done much work together on work ethic it's it's been you you literally have just needed the pathway shown to you and you've been walking it like i haven't fucking dragged you down it i've walked next to you parallel but you've been taking those steps those fumbles those falls those big jumps those runs all those moments along the journey I want to align now into the topic um or the title of episode seven which is not living true to yourself. I don't want to put you on the spot, but when we started initially, there was a lot of things we would talk about that I didn't necessarily pick up on or highlight straight away because real change takes time. And if you're getting picked up on everything you're saying, you might have a fucking shit. Am I just a, I need, do I need to change completely? Which is not the case at all. But when we started, there was a lot of conversations about navigating around being who you truly are. Like as I sit here with you today and see you now and have a conversation with you now, it's fucking wildly different. It's fucking wildly different. It's crazy. Like the conversations we now have about how you feel about yourself, what you're doing for yourself, you know, your your plans, which were once a point in time, people's comments on you or the thoughts and processes like that. 
So to actually create a question out of what I was just saying, why did you navigate so strategically? I wouldn't say when we started because it wasn't that time, but around that time, so strategically to not be viewed or known as your true self. I think for me, so to put it into context, from birth, I suffered a significant injury so I can't actually use my right arm for me I never had an issue with it until I hit primary school um I was bullied quite a lot for it high school was a lot better obviously had comments here and there uh when I swam I actually swam with some people who were quite negative towards me and towards it and I kind of spent after my swimming career uh building myself back up when the car accident happened anything, you know, it, it, it amplified injuries that I already had. Um, you know, they were more significant. I had to have multiple surgeries and things like that. So now I also have like scars and stuff there. And as a female, I think, especially it completely shattered my confidence. Uh, so I've kind of been hidden a lot more over the last five years. Uh, I remember going into the consult with you in January and this is so funny to me for me to say out loud it was January it was the middle of summer it was probably 30 plus degrees and I didn't even want to show you my true self someone who I really wanted to work with in the gym who would see what I could and couldn't do and I walked in with a jumper on I was literally so hidden I didn't want to show you that I had a splint on I didn't really want to say anything And then when I actually talked to you about it, you looked so confused and you're like, okay. And so I think it was just starting that conversation. You understood that obviously I was insecure about it and you kind of weaved it into our sessions. And I think it was, I'm not like, I'm not even joking here. I think it was the second week we worked together and you straight out asked me why you were like, why do you hide yourself? And I was like, shit, no one's actually called me out on it before. No one's actually said it. I've worked with so many like trainers before, so many people, and no one's actually said that to me. And to me, that was actually the big turning point. You challenged me on a lot of things. You, you know, I would be like, oh, you know, I just don't want people to judge me on it or this or that. And you would always give the best advice on it. So it kind of started from that moment and I guess for me over the last six months we've worked together, I've just become so confident in who I am and what I can offer to people that I genuinely don't give a fuck what people think about me. And I don't think you ever thought you would hear that six months ago, me saying that because the person I came to you six months ago and me now completely different people. Like my family say it all the time, you know, it's, honestly showing who I am. And if that's the worst thing that I have, you know, if that's my, my worst trait or whatever you could say, fuck, there's so much worse out there. (laughs) Yeah. This is a really big moment and I'm actually taken back by how fluent and confidently you just said that just, it's a really hard dynamic to explain, but I know the way you just spoke those words then about yourself sharing something vulnerable for relatability for the sake of the podcast for the sake of your future self for the sake of your past self this moment's really big 
but you said it so confidently because there's such a radiating connection between your words about yourself now with how you truly think and feel like you I remember when we'd first talk about things, you'd downplay it or there was always a navigation around it and you just said it then how it is so confidently because of how much self-trust and self-love and just comfort you have within your own self. So for anyone watching or listening, that might've seemed like a minor situation, but that was massive. That was a big, big forward step for the things we chatted about in the past. Now you said I asked you in one of our second sessions and that just came from a place of experience. I remember even just to link it back, um, growing up as a kid with my father, people would always tiptoe around it. And then some people would ask directly and it's like, I actually really fuck with that because it's a part of me and it's a part of my life and you don't need to go over the top. And I remember even when I was writing programs for you or doing things. It wasn't even a navigation of going over the top. It's like, you're not, you're not fucking limited. You know, like you ain't bitching out of lap pull downs. (laughs) You ain't bitching out of these things. Like there's just ways to do it. Um, Yeah, it's fuck. I'm actually just in my own head, really just, this is a, a big moment for you, for us. And just, I'm really proud of you for sharing that. Thanks. Really proud of you for sharing that. I am interested what the stress was initially for hiding yourself. So you said, obviously, things like insecurity and worry, but what was the actual worry about? Like not being truly who you were or showing your true self. What was the the ball and chain from stopping that from actually happening? Like what, what was the thing stopping you? Uh, I think as I mentioned growing up, Uh, and being bullied, I guess, for being different and for having different abilities to other people. That was a huge thing that's kind of, you know, I'm 30 now. It's been on my mind since I was bullied at 10 years old. So 20 years is a lot to carry that through. Um, I think more recently, it's also about, you know, what if someone doesn't like me? What if someone judges me? Um, You know, even in terms of romantic relationships, there's a bit of trauma there with that, you know, um, people just using it against me and like, it shouldn't be something that people use against you. And I think that the thing for me is that was always the stress. I didn't want to show who I truly was, uh, you know, for the fear of what other people thought. And that translated into, you know, going to the gym in jumpers, always, you know, trying to wear long sleeves and, and things like that in the, you know, 30 degree heat, being really careful about what I said to people. Um, that also then translated into kind of just dimming myself down. I have now, like, I don't need validation from other people anymore. I know when we kind of, when I first started seeing results, um, I would get really excited when someone at the gym would be like, you're looking great or, you know, you've lost weight or you're lifting really heavy or this or that. And at the time I loved it. Like I frothed on that. I was like, this is amazing. People are seeing my hard work, but now I don't, not to sound mean, but like, I don't care. Like, it's great. I love when people give me a compliment. I'm like, thanks so much. Like really appreciate it. But I don't rely on that. I know how I feel within myself and what I'm doing to get to that point. 
And I guess with just being who you truly are, like that all comes with it. I don't need to dim myself down to fit in. I don't need to dim myself down to have someone like me. And my favorite thing that you always tell me is that the right people will like you for who you are. And that's the biggest thing for me. And I guess the learning over the last six months is that if people don't like you for something you can't change, why do you want to hang around them? Why do you want to be around them? They're not your people. I love that you brought that up. And I got caught on a point you said before where people would almost weaponize um, the individual aspects about you against yourself. And in a, a way that is a flipping of the script, you can kind of use it in your favor. Like you can almost use it as a navigating tool to find your real people. Because if people react or act different or weird, fuck that person firstly, because they're acting out of their own level of emotional intelligence and their understanding of relationships and things like that. So not everyone is a bad person. People just don't have the same or a deep enough level of understanding, but you need people to match your level of understanding and emotional intelligence. So it's almost like nowadays you can use it as a tool. What once felt like a burden can now be a tool to navigate true people for you. But yeah, when you said, when we first started, there was changes you were making and people were noting it. It's, I remember having those conversations and I remember not highlighting them to be things to change in your language or anything because everyone goes through that. It's almost a progressive loop or journey for males. For an example, it's from a hoodie to a tight t-shirt to a singlet because you want everyone to see you. But then you eventually get to a point where you're going to the gym with an oversized on because you just don't fucking care. (laughs) For females, it might be from a jumper to a crop top. And then you get to a point where it's like, yo, I just want to wear the clothes like I want to wear because you don't fucking care. So it's it's not even that individual. Everyone goes through it. I went through it. I remember I'd wear a stringer so everyone would see my striations and thought I was so buff. And now I'm like, bro, like I'll just fucking wear trackies and whatever and train and fucking go home. When it comes to the changes you feel now, how are you able to self-validate? How are you able to give your own self the confirmation that what you're doing is amazing. The changes you are working for are great. Like how were you able to flip from not not craving the validation, but relying on it or definitely using it as a fueling source to now just being so self-governed in that area? How, how what's the pathway of that change? How are you able to do that? Yeah, I guess it didn't happen overnight. Uh, I wish it was uh, overnight, you know, story. I wake up every single day and I have to remind myself that I'm doing this for me. I like what I see in the mirror. I like the person I am. I like what I'm doing in life and I'm just so grateful for life. Yeah, there's shit days. There's days that I definitely, you know, have to remind myself two, three, four times a day. But I think relying on other people to tell you how good you are and just knowing 
in yourself, you're doing the best you can. That's the biggest thing. And yeah, literally every single day for the last six months or whatever we've been working together, I have to get up and I have to tell myself, you know, this is me and I'm okay with that. I love that. And I think as well, it's just about being secure in what you're doing and how you're navigating everything. So at the end of each day, I like to say my win for the day. I just do it to me. Like, yeah. don't tell anyone. Yeah, I like that. Um, I don't write it down or anything like that. But, you know, it doesn't have to be to do with the gym. It might be, you know, I had a meeting today and I sounded so smart. Like, I fucking killed that. Or it might be, you know, I went to the gym and I did an 80 kilo deadlift. Or I went for a run and, you know, I couldn't run a kilometer before we started and now I'm running 5Ks. It's just those little things. And I think when you reflect on those at the end of each day, it really highlights that there is something that you've achieved for the day and it's not insignificant. And all of those little changes and the choices you make every single day, they add up. And that's why I've seen so much change in what I think is such a short period of time. Yeah, 100%. I like the mention of the, the self-win, the little thing you'd say to yourself, because at a point in time, that wasn't necessarily something you would have been able to do. Like it would have either been a win shared or a win told to someone because someone's responsive. Fuck yeah, you're killing it was the... Yeah, I am killing it. Yeah. But now I didn't even know you do that, to be honest, which is fucking so sick to hear because it's things you do for yourself. Like you need to problem solve some of your own things for sure and definitely do the extra things yourself, not the bare minimum of just things I say. And it's really amazing to hear. I'm not fucking shocked if I'm being honest. I'm sure there's a hundred other things too. To then take it a little bit to the side based on what you just said, we track and I program macros, your steps, your cardio, your weights. And by doing those things, it's allowed a lot to change. Why do you actually stick to those targets? Like, why don't you bullshit it? Why do you actually stick to it, adhere to it, even go a lot of the time above and beyond from what's set? Like, why do that? I think first and foremost, you'd know if I bullshitted. Fact. <laughs> <laughs> like, if I'm telling you I'm doing cardio and I'm, you know, eating below my cows and things like that and, you know, my weight's not changing or it's going up, you would know. Um, I'm very disciplined and I think that comes from the elite athlete background. The uh, world record holding we're talking about for swimming? Okay. Yeah, yeah, that I just one. to interject for a second. <laughs> Thanks. Um, so, yeah, my discipline definitely comes from there from quite a young age. I also like that training together, it's a 50-50 approach. You spoke earlier about you haven't had to kind of push me along or anything like that. We're kind of on this journey, you know, side by side next to each other. And that's the biggest reason why I probably went with you as a coach. I don't need someone to yell at me that I'm doing shit or, you know, I'm so disappointed in you. Like those, those kinds of things. I want someone to be like, yeah, it was shit, but next week will be better, which is, you know, what we often talk about. Yeah. I don't always hit my macros. Um, protein is really freaking hard. I was telling <laughs> For you, everyone. I was telling you that just, you know, triple scoop of protein shake the other day, but I was so keen to hit that target. 
Um, but I think for me, the biggest thing is I want to see the results. I don't want to let you down, I guess, as a coach and as a friend, we are doing this together and I definitely couldn't do it without you. And just having all of that bunch together makes my life so much easier. I am a list person. So I love being able to tick off my steps for the day, tick off my cardio. I, you know, start out the week and I pre-plan all my cardio. So I know exactly what I'm doing and when I have to do it, I plan out what days I'm going to train on and, and whatnot. And I think for me, it just comes back to that discipline approach. I'm ne- like, I'm not always motivated. There's some days that I'm like, yeah, I slept in this, this morning, but that means I have to go for a lunchtime session or in the afternoon. Um, and I guess for me, the biggest thing is that, yeah, as I said before, I want to see the results. So I want to put in the work and it is really hard for me because sometimes I'm there and I remember messaging you once and being like, Oh, I just like, I did a 5k run at lunch and I feel so good. And maybe I'll like run some more this afternoon. And you're like, dude, like, you don't have to do that. Like stop. Like, and sometimes you have to bring it back. Um, and you know, you'll program what my body needs and what will work. And there's no point, you know, working it into exhaustion to try and get results quicker because this is sustainable and this is what's going to work. And it proves it's taken me, you know, six months to lose 16 kilos, which some people might think that's really quick. Um, some people might think that's a long time, but for me, it's been really sustainable and I've kept it off. I'm not missing out on going out, you know, um, for the occasional drinks here or there or dinners with my friends and, and whatnot. And so it's that approach that I think that's, you know, it works. Uh, I love, I love the coaching plug. Um, to, to loop that around though, yes, the approach works, the approach always works, but it works because of you. You know, it works because of the work you're putting in. It's not overly hard to program someone the right things, but to program them the right things long-term is hard, but the hardest thing is for the individual to do it themselves. One thing I love so much is the confidence I have now where if I was to take all the coaching away, I would have fuck all stress on the continuance of you doing things. I love when it's gone from a need to a want and then you know that want of enjoyment and the pursuit of more but you haven't just been a yes guy no guy you've been problem solving yourself you've been decision making you've been doing a lot of your own setting up and your own adherence for things too did you expect stepping into a weight loss journey to change so much of your own self views, your own self thoughts and your lifestyles? Did you expect initially it was just going to be weight loss? I'll then feel so much better about yourself. Cause we always say the byproduct is the weight loss, but we're doing steps. We're doing macros. That's a direct thing for weight loss, but it's become the byproduct from the changes you've made yourself. So did you expect it to be what it's been? Did you expect to be so much self-development and leveling up and and becoming who you truly want to be? No. Um, (laughs) I think that when we first started and, you know, I said to you, I want to lose 15 kilos and you're like, okay, cool. Like what else? And I was like, oh, you know, and I want to lift this and that. And there was never really a thought of 
wanting to obviously I thought confidence would come with it but it wasn't a direct thought of I just want to be really confident or I want to you know do this so for me yeah the weight loss has obviously been a huge change but the biggest change has been who I've become as a person I actually had this chat with my mum the other day and she's like yeah like you've obviously changed but you've evolved like it's not as if you were a terrible person before or anything like that you've just evolved who you are uh you know I walk into the gym and I'm confident to be there. I really enjoy being there. Um, I don't, you know, as we discussed earlier, I don't rely on the thoughts or opinions of other people. And that was a big thing for me. And I just thought that that was always just going to be something in the back of my mind for the rest of my life. So for me, this journey of change has been huge. Uh, we talk about it and we kind of joke about it. Like I don't even listen to the same music that I used to (laughs) listen to. Um, I, you know, have kind of found my style in terms of, you know, my clothing choices and things like that. I'm wearing clothes that I, you know, would have thought that I shouldn't wear before. Um, just little things like that, that you don't understand how much of a difference they actually make to who you are as a person. And just being able to do things for myself. Like I was pretty confident before in terms of like, I'd be happy to go away by myself and, and things like that. But you know, even now I was looking at, do I just do Europe next year completely by myself just for something to do? Um, which, you know, never in a million years would I think that that would be something that I'd be confident, confident enough to, to do. And I think it all comes with the change in, in self and just really appreciating and valuing, who I am. And I guess, you know, it sounds really corny, but like the time that you have on earth to just be able to achieve your goals. Coming from a perspective of living life true to yourself. It's yeah. That sentence phrase and ending part you said then wouldn't have necessarily been able to be said so confidently and with a hundred percent self backing trust when we started because it's so common and probably, I don't know the statistic and I'm not going to give you a statistic, but it's more times than not people live their fucking life for other people. They work longer hours for their boss. They clash on their boundaries and go out for their friends. They don't talk to other guys. They don't do this for their partner. They don't talk to another person because their friend doesn't like that friend There's so much. They won't take the next step because of the fear of judgment. They won't pursue the job they like that pays less, but they truly, really like it from the fear of judgment. There's so much. And I've lived that life. You've lived that life given of what we've been talking about. Every single person I know has lived their life, that life. It's sad that not everyone gets out of that life. Sometimes it takes people longer than others for sure. Um, but yeah, you just said that with so much confidence that, yeah, we have a short ass time on this earth. And I, sometimes sayings like that can sound corny, but they only sound corny because it's fucking true. Like it's the most basic sentence, but it's impactful because it's true. Like imagine if, you know, you were laying in hospital, you were told some terrible news and you were reflecting on your life thinking, fuck, I didn't wear those clothes. Fuck, I missed this for that person. Fuck, I didn't do that because that person, like the level of regret would be so intense. 
And I don't want to go airy-fairy, but for anyone listening, like if there's one thing you want to do that someone's holding you back from doing or something's holding you back, like just try it, just do it. A self-development journey can be isolating at times, not saying that it's 100% isolating, but you're stepping into a new version of you that the people around you aren't comfortable with or don't know. And people don't always like change. People like control. If you become someone people can't control, they fucking hate that. I remember when I was stepping into my self-development and leveling up, I lost a lot of friends and pissed a lot of people off purely just from looking after my own self. And I don't despise those people and I don't have hatred towards those people because I can't expect them to match my level of emotional intelligence or, you know, they liked that version of me. They might not like this version of me, but speaking for me, speaking for you, speaking for anyone else, like they don't need to like that version of you because you're not fucking doing it for them. Like you're not doing it for anyone specific. And if people have an issue with you doing the right thing, such as looking after yourself, fuck that person at that time. Don't hold on to them. Don't be ball and chained by where they're at, you know, like they eventually might get there and in a few years time go, fuck, like I actually understand what you were doing and why you were doing it. So don't let them hold you back at that time. Because I remember when I was setting boundaries, people would fucking hate it and I'd get told, oh, you're so rude now and you're so assholey because I was less accessible and I was less inclined to do things for people. And now those same people are coming around going, yo, I'm doing it myself. Or I, they're like, fuck, I actually understand why you were doing it. So don't be held back by people. Don't be ball and chained by the limits of what other people have because it's your life. And imagine, you know, like I said, if you only had X amount of time to live, you'd probably fucking change that shit up quick and start looking after you and maximizing you. So if you were to do that in that situation, do that where there is no end date and you have the rest of your life moving forwards. What I want to ask you now then is stepping into a gym is fucking scary for anyone. Mm -hmm. I live and breathe in a gym. If I go to a gym in Sydney, there's a level of intimidation. There's a level of small fish surrounded by big fishes. Like that's their place. If I step into AC, that's my place. I could run around that gym fucking screaming and not care because of the level of confidence I have because it's my place. You mentioned prior to recent times, the level of insecurity and the level of angst around people's judgment. So stepping into a gym is shit fucking scary anyway, let alone the enhancement of that. What's the experience of the gym been like in the past? Like when you stepped into the gym in the past, when you weren't 100% comfortable in it or comfortable in yourself, if you can remember, what were the thoughts and feelings? Like, can you try and walk me through what that used to feel like for you? Yeah, definitely. And I think it's going into any gym. Um, anytime I've started in a new environment, I would kind of walk in and be a deer in headlights. I didn't know what people would think. Uh, I didn't know if people were going to come up and ask me any questions. And for me, I would obviously rather now them, them come up and ask, but back then it was like, please don't talk to me. Um, I, you know, was really quite shy and I think just walking into a gym, you, it took, it would take me months on, honestly to warm up to just even smiling at someone. And, you know, 
I think I'm a really nice person, but even just trying to crack a smile, it was like, I don't want to smile too much. What if they actually come up and talk to me? Like that was really scary for me. Um, and I think the biggest thing for me was that once I got comfortable in that environment and it meant, you know, I was going to the gym really early in the morning because there was less people there and picking my times to go. And it was just about then getting comfortable with those people that you would see all the time. And, you know, a simple, hi, how's it going? Hey, like, you know, that kind of would make the environment so much better. And then I kind of would feel a bit more secure in showing a bit more off. Like instead of wearing a jumper, I would wear like a t-shirt and, and things like that. Um, even now, like I remember when we first started training together at AC and you were like, Oh, you comfortable in the gym? And I'm like, yeah, like I'm fine. Like me thinking I've been going to my gym and I'm all good. And that first session with you in the gym, I was like, shit, shit, shit. Like maybe I, maybe it's not the right place for me and, and things like that. And I think it was having you and helping me navigate that. But the funniest thing is now I walk in there and, you know, there's people that I see every Friday morning when we train that we like, Hey, how's it going? You know, you know, what are you up to this weekend? Or, you know, a simple smile or a wave and things like that. And I seek them out in public now and they know who I am and, and whatnot. And so for me, I think it just comes down to the people that you have in that environment as well. And most people are probably thinking the same thing. Um, it's always scary making new friends, especially as an adult. hundred percent. And even just, you know, so many of these people that I see at the gym now, it's just a simple smile. And now we're, you know, gym friends, like we'll see them there every day. We'll talk shit. We'll banter, you know, we'll help each other out when we're doing lifts and things like that. So I think going from that first few months is always a bit daunting, but I think even more so for me, um, you know, not wanting to show who I truly was, Whereas now being able to show who I truly am and people seeing that in the gym, it just makes those, you know, friendships that you have and it makes the gym a place that I actually want to be. I remember saying to you, I don't want to live in the gym. And quite funnily enough, I literally am there five, six days a week now by choice, um, by choice. <laughs> yeah. but it also is because of that environment that, you know, certain gyms have as well. So to give context of the rate of change, Shiny came to a consult in summer in a hoodie. We did a session on Friday morning and she fucking walks in with these fresh as fuck shoes on, a hot pink crop top in a Barbie era I've heard. Just coming over, we then start warming up together, telling me how she chatted with someone on the treaty, chatted with someone in the warm-up room, the rate of change in that is fucking astronomical. That's It's massive. And of course, you climatize to places, but it hasn't just been you climatizing to it. There's so much complexity behind your own self-view, but then also just taking that chance too. Humans naturally blame. It's really easy for us to finger point. And that happens even in a small setting where you step into a new gym and And everyone feels as if everyone in there should make them feel comfortable. Like, oh, I don't feel comfortable. And I always ask, did you say hello to anyone? It's like, no. Or did you smile at anyone? No. Did you go on the gym floor? Did you just stay up on the treadmill? It's like, I just stayed up here. It's like, you're not even taking the ownership and responsibility to make it a better place. Sometimes when you step into a gym, a simple smile, a simple hello changes so much. Like for you, it's literally created friendships. It's literally created a place of comfort. And that place of comfort is a temple for you to then work on yourself. So the onflow of that simple smile has enhanced fucking 
So much for you. So, so much for you. We're six months in, which depending on how you look at the scale of time and achievement is either long or short. I personally think it's a short as fuck amount of time for a 30 year old. Thanks. Okay. <laughs> Sorry to chop it out again. For a 30 year old to make so much drastic change and not catch up, but really level up to a rate of where you're at now, you'd be comfortable for 30. Like I dare say you're a very self-aware, conscious, um, emotionally in tune 30 year old. You're not lacking behind. You're not like, you're not way too far in, in front. It's a very amazing position to be in. Given everything you're doing at the moment with such a short period of time in six months, where do you see yourself to be in the future? Like, is it something you can see? Is it something you can even comprehend? Are there things you want to achieve that you haven't yet? Like, what's the future projection for your future self looking like? Yeah, that's a good one. Um, I know that we discussed only a few weeks ago that we didn't expect to see this much change in six months. So we need to kind of revisit those goals because I honestly thought that this would take at least a year. Uh, I think gym wise for me, I, there's a, you know, I want to lose another couple of kilos, recomp, continue to recomp. Um, I've got some lift goals. So I want to do a 90 kilo deadlift, which I haven't told you about yet. It's literally 10, to give context, seven and a half kilos, seven and a half fucking kilos. So (laughs) to, to not make it a too vulnerable lift, but that's one handed too. So one handed in the center of your gravity, you did 82 and a half. That yep. is fucked. But yes, not to cut you off. 90 <laughs> kilos is amazing, but you're pretty much I was like, shit, I haven't said this to you yet out loud. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I really want to, by the end of the year, um, obviously I've just had a really bad ankle injury, um, but I really want to be able to run like a five or 10 K just to kind of tick it off the list. I've never yeah. been a runner. Yeah. So for me, it's something that really helps with... My mental health. Um, and I really want to just be able to do that for me. That's kind of like a fun goal. And I think the biggest thing for me is I just don't ever want to go back to who I was five years ago. I don't want to go back to how broken I was. The person I was then, um, you know, I suffered quite a lot of psychological issues. So I had depression, anxiety, daily panic attacks, diagnosed with PTSD. And so the journey that, you know, I've been on the last five years, but more significantly the last six months has, I don't have any of, you know, have a bit of anxiety here and there as everyone kind of does. Um, but I don't really, I don't have any other issues, which for me is a huge thing. So I just never want to go back to how I felt then. It's not even about how, how I look. Um, you know, if I gain five kilos, it's five kilos, whatever. I just never want to go back to that feeling because I know how low it was and that's just one place I never want to be. Yeah, and we've talked about this a few times and I've mentioned this before, which is a confronting but comforting statement that you'll never fucking be that person ever again. Like you 100% can have experiences that can make you feel shit, but you'll never be the person you used to be. Your navigation now will be a million times better. So the potential for you to be exposed to the same situations that created that anxiety, that depression, and that stress 
just won't have the same effect like it used to because of how different you are compared to back then. One thing I really, really love is when people unlock the power to rewrite their story. Like you used to not know about that pen. You used to then, without direct, this is more an analogy-based description. You used to not know about the pen. You used to then be told where the pen was, then you found it and now you're writing it. Like no matter, I have a hundred percent trust in no matter what you experience in the future, you will have the strength and the control to be able to rewrite that story. And it's fucking crazy because you've changed your own life. Like you accepted the responsibility of where you're at, how you're feeling and what you don't like. And you've done it because no one else can do it for you. I haven't done it for you. Your family hasn't, your friends haven't, you have. And coming from someone who initially seemed reliant on someone else doing it for them, coming to me, you know, I need the help, I need you to do this for me. It's like, no, you're going to fucking do it yourself and I'm going to help you. Which is fucking, it's just, it's so amazing because you have the control now to do whatever you want. Like, I don't want it to sound silly or over the top. But you can be, do or say anything you want to because of the work you've done now. Like accepting the responsibility and the ownership has allowed you to now become who you want to become, which is just fucking, it's fucking, it's so beautiful. I am really interested in what's holding you back now. What's truly holding you back now what are the things that you feel weighed down by now because of course they'd be so drastically different than what they used to be and since working on yourself it doesn't mean your life becomes 100% perfect and everything's cruisy what are what's holding you back now what, what's the next thing you want to work on and and navigate through and, and be able to control for yourself a little bit better I think it's just learning the balance of control Uh, so for me, I am a control freak if I'm being honest. Um, that's why I like, I guess us training together and being able to control, you know, all those, those variables. So it's the one thing I've been kind of working on is to just let things be. It's sounds so simple, but for someone who, I guess for me going into the gym, the gym was the one thing after my car accident that I could control in my life. I felt like I could not control anything else. I couldn't control that the guy ran a red light. I couldn't control that, you know, I had to have multiple surgeries. I couldn't control what my, you know, the depression and the anxiety and and things like that as much as I wanted to. The gym was the one thing that I could control. And I think that then for the last five years, I've kind of held on to being really, you know, in control of everything and wanting to be in control of every situation. So for me, the last kind of probably even like month or two, I've had to really learn to just let things be. And, you know, if someone says something that I can't control or that wasn't in my thought process of what I thought they were going to say or do, I'm just like, yeah, cool. Yeah, whatever. And it sounds so basic, but for someone who relies on that, being able to drop that 
back a bit and you know just going into the the ease of the of life and shit's going to happen you're not going to be able to control everything you're not going to be happy with every outcome of every situation but just being okay with that and yeah that would be the one thing that I want to keep continue to work on it's you know just that we are so just sitting here listening to it it's so crazy how many similarities we have which is really interesting because I personally not that this is the 100% correct way it needs to be but I view that as changing the urgent need of control of the things around you to being more of a control unlocked with how you respond and how you react and how you manage that so that goal happening for you is something I 100% see um, and I 100% trust in that happening because it's only natural. You go from such a tight grab on everything around you and needing everything needing to be so perfect, but nothing will ever be perfect and what matters the most is how you react to it and how you respond. So I'm going to wrap up episode seven there i want this to be at a length that i want every i want this full thing to be listened to because it's fucking amazing um i love those types of stories where it's if i can do it you can do it which i'm not saying that for you but i definitely feel that myself and like i'm gonna say that for you in the context of knowing who you were at the start like if that Shani can do what you've done because of where she was at and what she has felt and how she expressed her situations to be. I know that people can definitely listen to this and unlock the ability to do it themselves too. So I want to wrap up episode seven there. If you're watching on YouTube, I appreciate you. If you're tuning in on Spotify, I appreciate you just as much. Like I said in previous episodes, and I know Shiny's going to laugh, but I'm one of those people now where if you liked the video, (laughs) please give it a like. Um, If you feel like this aligns for anyone you know, just share it to them. I don't like forcing things down people's throats. Like I don't want to tell you to like, subscribe and reshare. But these types of, of podcasts and things do so well when someone shares to someone, hey, like you might vibe with this or hey, I think you could really just benefit from this but i fucking loved this i am so beyond proud of you for being vulnerable to allow for relatability to take place i'm so proud of you for where you're at now what you have achieved um it's fucking it is fucking wild i'm just excited to see where you go Um, because I almost can't even picture it because anything can happen and you're just going to blow both of our current selves out of the water. But for everyone who tuned in, this is episode seven of the Future Self Podcast. I appreciate you guys listening and I will see you in the next one. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you. Fuck, I'm so proud of you. (laughs) I'm so proud of you.